This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 207 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Thinline Global Products and Audible.com. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer Glenn, who is going to tell us who won the contest. Yay! Last week we had a contest to see who would win Linda Tellington Jones Dressage with Mind, Body, and Soul. And we posted a picture of uh, of Reese and Philip with their with their significant others in front of a statue of a uh, buffalo and we said we wanted to know where that was and our first answer on facebook came from a guy philip and a guy Yay. from canada who doesn't live far from you actually yeah yeah uh, i know that was pretty that was Yay. it was very fast anyways I yeah i came in in like two that seconds that would get so, like, so impressive <laughs> and his I name is ken listeners. hubert and uh congratulations ken uh, the book is going to be heading out to you and you're in canada so you should get it sometime next year <laughs> um, so, yeah, hey Ken, thanks for listening. Uh, Glenn sends me stuff, and it takes forever to get here. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that the forever. Canadian authorities they take it out of the box and take a week oh, to look at it. it and they try it out for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, they test it. They read Glenn, the book. Should we put go? It back in the box. We, yeah, is it something from you? <laughs> now, uh, so Ken did win, and it was at Buffalo Trace Distillery, which is, I assume, a place where you consumed a good quantity of bourbon. Yeah, good Kentucky bourbon. I think yeah, I think Philip consumed the most because uh, both <laughs> Meredith and I, Travis was driving, and Meredith and I were both like, "Oh, oh, oh, that's strong." So Philip kept getting kept getting yeah. shots, um, but we had a great time. And that was, I mean, growing up here, and as we all know, when you live in a place, you never do the tourist type thing, and so it was great. I've never been on the bourbon trail, now, and I had never been. In that tour, some of the tours of the, of the distilleries, they, they take you through the different ones, and the one part where the big tanks are where they make the mash, um, yep. where bubbling and oozing and all of that, and, and that really is what makes moonshine. At that point, it's moonshine, right. and it's not refined. Do they, ever, do they let you taste the moonshine at that point? Yeah, white yes. lightning. Yeah, did at you? Buffalo Trace, Ooh. they did, yeah. And? Yes. <laughs> That, thing, that burned all the that, yeah, That'll knock I you on your I butt. A, I think I had a sore throat when I came in, but I did not when I came out. That will kill any allergies. That will kill any toxins. That'll kill anything, really. Yeah. yeah kill, it really kill a person. You think that was for sure. But it was great fun. And, and fun. we just had, had a great time with Philip, Philip and Meredith. And we love that they come for the Derby. So uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. We had a really good weekend. And, and it was just a good break for both philip and i because we're we're hitting it hard philip you have a show this weekend right yeah yeah we just shipped horses over and we're just warming them up today so i you know i had to drive fast back to the house to get to uh, get on the show tonight and uh really excited about showing two horses one first level one third level for our first show of the season should be great looking forward we're supposed to have good weather so it'll be it'll be good it'll be good yeah good weather meaning it's not snowing yeah, we put together a great show today for our listeners. Uh, tell us, Reese, what's what's coming up? So we have um, today we're going to do a two part series with Dr. Chris Newton from Rudin Riddle. 
He's an FEI vet. He's a partner at Rudin Riddle here in Lexington. He's also a, a very, very good eventing rider and a parent of a pony clubber. So I hope everyone will enjoy his two-part series. We're going to start talking about uh, common injuries to the dressage horses. And he is very thorough and does, does a fabulous job. Um, and then we're going to hear a trainer tip from Marco Bernal. He is a Colombian uh, international rider. He, he does both the small tour and the big tour. And Marco Marco is a great, um, a great person and a great trainer, and you will learn you will learn a lot from his tip. It was a listener question uh, that we uh, talked about, and we're also going to hear from Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show. Uh, she's going to talk about her her journey down the dressage path, riding dressage. So it should be a really good show this week. Well, before we get to our great interviews, first I guess we have to talk a little bit about dressage news. What's new here, Reese? Yeah, so today uh, USCF announced the dressage combinations to represent the U.S. at the CHIO at Aachen. And the Grand Prix riders are going to be Jan Ebling, Shelly Francis, Tina Konyat, and Stefan Peters. Uh, so we wish them all good luck, and, and maybe we can get one of those guys on to talk a little bit about how Aachen is going. And uh, also... For small tour, we have Shelly Francis and Caroline Rothman that are going to be doing the small tour. And Caroline is a good friend of the show, and we wish her well. And she is also going to represent uh, riding Sagacious. She's going to represent the U.S. at the young adult uh, Grand Prix level. So uh, we wish them all great success, and um, we, will, we will get somebody on to talk about uh, Aachen for sure. So, Reese, when is Aachen? Aachen is June 26th through the 30th, so um, a little bit of time leading up to Aachen, but um, I have never personally been to Aachen. Philip, have you? No, I mean, it's on the to-do, I guess it's a bit of a bucket list. That's one of the biggest shows in the world. Yep. Is It's huge, and um, people say it's just a great experience, so I, I want to get there sometime, but uh, unfortunately, too. the summers are so busy here that, you know, how can we, you know, make time to, to leave and go to Germany, so... Maybe one day I, we'll I just next, ride, ride there. That's I guess that's yes, what we have to do. I love it. I hear next <laughs> uh, a next uh, you know uh, vacation with our spouses, Philip. I think that would work. Poor <laughs> Travis would be the only one that Poor would be Travis, very bored. Yeah, he's very. Young, <laughs> so I don't. Think <laughs> I hear another enjoy that as much as others. Exactly as Meredith and you and I would, but he would be a good sport. I'm sure he would find the beer tent. That's so yeah. <laughs> Well, we look forward to, to hearing from them and wish them all well. And we will also get the Canadian list. We give our Canadian uh, team members some love, too, once we hear who, who they announce. Yeah. So. Perfect. That sounds good. Well, we are going to start today's show after a commercial break from Thinline Global with Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show. And she's going to talk a little bit about her uh, horse show over the weekend in dressage. Hi everybody, Glenn here. We just finished a terrific series on leg protection that was brought to you by the good folks over at Thinline Global. If you missed it, go to horsetipdaily.com and check out all four parts. They still have a fantastic coupon for Horse Radio Network listeners for 12% off your next order at thinlineglobal.com. Whether you buy their saddle pads, horse boots, or tack items, everything is 12% off with this coupon code. Just type radio in the coupon section at checkout at thinlineglobal.com. Well, it is so exciting to have Wendy Ying from the driving show on the Horse Radio Network on this evening. Wendy, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. 
So you have to tell everybody why you're on the show this evening. Okay, I'm on the show because, um, well, I guess it's to show that you don't have to be a serious competitor to be in dressage because I have been riding one of my driving horses in dressage, or as the, the dressage folk likes to call him, my cart pony. Uh, <laughs> oh, rude. That's not very nice. No, but um, uh, I, my neighbor on the panhandle uh, is a dressage trainer. And also has a covered arena, which I like because I'm a total diva and I don't like to ride outside. <laughs> and um, so I started going to her for some riding lessons, some dressage lessons to improve my driving. And then I started, um, you know, showing in dressage and I really enjoy it. And so now that I've backed off a little bit on the driving showing, I started showing um, one of my uh, best ones in dressage. And it's really challenging and it's fun. I think it's challenging intellectually and physically, and I, I, I really enjoy it. So you went to, to a show, show, yeah, recently? Yeah. Was that a first show oh. in a while? Um, I, ha- I started showing in like 2008, I guess, and I just did that a couple years, and then I really was focusing on uh, driving my forehand. And so this horse that I showed last weekend, I, um, I had not ridden him since 2009 like i'm saying not even sat on him in trail road (laughs) and then then my friend uh lives down here yan gilly he's my neighbor he was coming over to give one of my friends a dressage lesson and i was like oh i want to have a dressage lesson and that's when i realized i had ridden this horse in so long and i got on and i (laughs) rode him and it was fun and my friend said oh i'll have a rated rated show so i just loaded up and went but it's so it's been since 2009 that i've shown well that is great and you did well that is the word on the street well i i was really happy with our performance um you know considering uh, especially he was in the lead of my foreign hand so we don't really canter a lot uh you do like gallop on marathon of course uh but in the lead he doesn't even pull weight and we just work on you just do walk and trot you don't canter with the team in dressage Although in singles you do canter, um, but so for so he has completely different muscles for driving than dressage, and and I was really happy with his performance because the canter work. I mean, I stink at canter anyways, but because um, <laughs> I I grew up box hunting and and show show jumping, so I never even sat in the saddle before two thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's tricky. <laughs> so for both of us, uh, the canter work was very challenging, but we scored in the low. 60s in training and the low and the high 60s in oh sorry we scored in the high 60s in training and the low 60s in first. Oh, that's fantastic! And do you think that the the dressage riding is is going to help uh, help him in the driving when you put him back under harness? Oh yeah, definitely. I uh, that like I said, that's why I started taking some dressage lessons. Um, first and foremost, it made me uh, much. A much better horseman all around because you just have people like obsess about everything. Like, <laughs> it's I, all about the details. Yeah, yeah. it's detailed. <laughs> and I would always just kind of wing it, and uh, I didn't even know my horses weren't going straight. So if you don't even know what you're feeling, you can't fix that. And I thought that was really interesting, and it made my hands much better. And also, um, my transitions are much sharper driving now because I um you know I really I focus on that now because I knew that was important but 
with driven dressage, it's um, our transitions are done at the nose of the leader. And if I'm driving a forehand, my leaders are like 20 feet out in front of me. So how accurate can you? I mean, Chester, yes, is very accurate. But <laughs> <laughs> how accurate can you be? Well, some, some of them are really accurate, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so what are the plans for the future? Is this, was this a fluke horse show or is there going to be more, more dressage shows in the future? Oh, well, no, because I'm a total point chaser. And that's something that we don't have in the driving world. But I did, like I said, I grew up in the hunters. And my horse is, um, he's half Welsh cob. And um, so I am going to ride in some rated shows. And I'm going to do the uh, Welsh Breed Award. And I'm going to try to qualify for the regional championships. And maybe even the, you know, the national championships. I don't know. I'm just, uh-huh. I love it. Oh, oh another competitive person. Once yes, you get a taste for it, it, then you just want to do better and better and better. Right? Well, it's here in Kentucky, so you'll have to come by. So I'm rooting for you. Oh, thank uh, you. To make the regional, or to make it's, the regionals are in Kentucky, or the nationals. Oh, the yeah. nationals. Our regionals right. Florida, and then the nationals is at the Kentucky Horse Park. Yeah. Well, good luck. Thank you so much for coming on the Dressage Radio Show to. Uh, to talk about your dressage experience. Yeah, thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you both again soon. Yes, and Wendy, will you keep us up to date on how your journey's going? I will, yes. I'll keep giving you updates. Yeah, I mean, you know how I love to talk about my horses. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to listen. I will definitely talk to you about it. <laughs> that sounds great. And everyone, you can listen to Wendy every week on the driving radio show on the Horse Radio Network. So tune in and hear about her driving, uh, while she, or her dressage driving. I think that sounds exciting. And now we have a part one of a two-part series with Dr. Chris Newton talking about the common injuries to the dressage horse and how uh, we can treat and prevent some of these injuries. Well, it is my pleasure to have Dr. Chris Newton, an FEI vet, a partner at Rudin Riddle Equine Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky. Chris is an active event rider and a parent of a pony clubber, and he is also our vet here at Maple Crest Farm. So Chris, it is so great, and thank you for taking your time this evening to come on the radio show. Absolutely. I'm excited to be on and always happy to support the dressage community and clients such as yourself. Great. Well, Chris, we were talking yesterday when you were here at the farm about some topics that we should talk about, and we decided this evening we should talk about some common injuries of a dressage horse, ways to deal with those injuries, and some exercises to rehabilitate um, horses back into work. So if we could just get started on what are some common injuries for dressage horses? Well, certainly, as in any sport horse, the most common injury is generally are associated with the foot. Um, The feet are a very complex structure which function not only as a support element, but they function to provide increased blood flow throughout the lower limb uh, and as a shock-absorbing mechanism for the entire apparatus. Um, I think the old saying, no foot, no horse, is generally a very true stain same for all sport horses, and that's often the first place that we want to look for really addressing uh, long-term soundness and preventing injuries as we move up the limb. Uh, A good relationship between the farrier and the veterinarian and uh, dealing with good terrain, good footing, 
and good environmental care of the horse along with nutrition are really going to point in the appropriate direction for care of the foot. Uh, some of the common problems that we see with the foot is the old uh, navicular issue, which we used to call everything that was sore in the back aspect of the horse's foot, navicular disease, but we're now realizing over the last eight years with the advent of the MRI that we have a significantly greater number of structures which are being injured in that caudal aspect of the foot. So it's not just a bony degenerative process, but lots of soft tissue structures. And this has really created quite a paradigm for veterinarians and for farriers, I think. It used to be that when horses presented with heel soreness or caudal foot soreness, we tended to treat the coffin joints, change the shoeing, proceed on, and if they didn't get better, we did an erectomy. <clears throat> um, a few years ago, uh, a study was done in which they took 100 horses who had chronic unsoundness associated with the caudal foot uh, that had not returned to soundness, and they did x-rays, ultrasounds, bone scans, of those horses, and none of those were diagnostic. They did, then did MRIs, and they found that 70% of those horses had injuries to the tendon, the deep digital flexor tendon, as it coursed down through the back of the foot. And that presents a real paradigm because it's basically a, a bow tendon, which is in the foot. And we all know what a bow tendon in the lower leg looks like. We all fear that injury to a certain degree. It's not as common in the dressage horse. In front, it certainly happens a bit behind in the dressage horse, but that injury in the front foot in the dressage horse is not terribly uncommon at all and something that we should uh, be very mindful of. And when we do see hind foot or hind back heel injuries, I think we should always be a little bit cautious about how aggressive we are at pushing them forward quickly. So from there, we would move up the leg uh, to pastern, and we see a lot of pastern arthritis in specifically older dressage horses. And one of the wonderful things about the dressage world is that rarely do we see horses peaking as we do in the thoroughbred industry or the racing industry at the age of three or four, but we really see them peaking at the age of 10 to 17. Uh, so we're dealing with a lot of horses that are into their early 20s and still very, very competitive. And so low-grade, chronic, persistent arthritis of those lower joints of the leg, such as low ring bone or coffin joint arthritis, high ring bone, pastern, which is pastern joint arthritis, or fetlock arthritis, become very common. Um, and the fetlock arthritis I generally see in the dressage horse in the hind fetlocks. It's very common in the hind fetlocks. The pastern joint arthritis and the coffin joint arthritis we often see in the front legs. <clears throat> this is an area where you'll begin to see the horse's gait uh, diminish in, in its energy, diminish in its dynamic movement, and, and then seeing uh, low, low head bobbings or inconsistencies or lack of rhythm and cadence to the gait as the horses begin to appear having low-grade lamenesses. Um, we move up the legs from there, and we run into the suspensory ligaments. Um, everybody kind of fears the word suspensory ligaments, 
uh, injury because uh, they've seen hindsensories, which can be really chronic and nagging injuries. We, we, the hawk and the horse is very similar to the heel in the human being. And those suspensory injuries are a little bit like a plantar fasciitis where they tend to be inflammatory, low-grade, and have a persistent pain. Um, and horses in the dressage world are really asked to shift their weight from that front end to their hindquarters. The horse naturally carries about 60% of its weight on the front end. But when you begin to look at horses at beyond second-level dressage, we begin to see horses that are carrying more like 60% of their weight on their hindquarters. And that puts uh, atypical stresses on these supportive structures behind. Uh, the other thing we see with age is associated with um, Cushing's disease or uh, pituitary adenomas, which is really an age-associated disease in the horse, we begin to see high levels of corticosteroid or cortisol, endogenous cortisol secretion, and that can have a significant effect on healing and regeneration of the suspensory ligaments. So the suspensory ligaments are an area that we should pay really a lot of attention to uh, in the horse, and specifically in the dressage horse, those hind suspensories at their attachments by the hawk and then down by the fetlocks. As we move up the legs from there, uh, in the forelimbs, we rarely see uh, diseases associated with the knees and the shoulders and the elbows in the dressage horse, but we commonly see uh, pathology associated with the distal hawk joints and with the stifle joints in the dressage horse. Again, as we shift that weight to the back end, we begin to see a lot of uh, degenerative joint disease or osteoarthritis of these high range of motion joints in the hindquarters, specifically the medial joint of the stifle, which is a very high range of motion joint and a very intense load-bearing joint. And uh, in humans, we see lots of high-level athletic uh, humans who... Uh, begin to have uh, knee dysfunction at around the age of 30 or 40, and then at the age of 60, they're beginning to have total knee replacements or at least partial knee replacements. We haven't advanced in the horse to the to the age of joint replacements, but uh, we want to really focus on keeping that stifle joint very healthy. And a lot of what's important to keeping those hind joints healthy is, number one, keeping consistent muscular strength. We want the quadricep muscles to provide strong stability to the stifle joint so that it doesn't enter into excessive load bearing or extreme ranges of load and strength bearing uh, without having the support to strength to hold the joint in place. And... We, are, we want to make sure that whatever low-grade inflammation is occurring in those joints, we're able to really diminish very quickly. Uh, cartilage, which lines these joints, or joint cartilage, which lines these joints and provides for the smooth flow and the smooth function of these joints, is not regenerated with age. And that cartilage doesn't receive its nutrition from blood vessels that run through the bones, it actually receives its nutrition from the fluid, which is produced by the capsules, which in, uh, 
encapsulate these joints. If joints begin to have low grades of inflammation, the cells in the joint capsule stop producing the quality of joint fluid that's necessary to feed this cartilage, and then the cartilage begins to atrophy or to shrink, and then it becomes more prone to, to being chipped off and ulcerating and being lost. And then as you reach sort of a, a dead-end point of losing enough cartilage where you have bone beginning to wear on bone, then you're going to ha have the presence of severe degenerative joint disease or severe osteoarthritis, and that begins to become very difficult to reverse. So we want to begin early in these dressage horses' lives with strengthening the appropriate structures, the, teaching those muscles how to contain the range of motion of the joint so that we don't have joints which are popping way out of place and having pressures and banging on that cartilage. And we also want to deal with the inflammation in the joint with products such as uh, polysulfated glycosaminoglycans and hyaluronic acid and potentially joint injections if necessary if you have a significant enough joint flare so that you keep the quality of that joint fluid to a maximum and allow the feeding of the cartilage uh, to be maximized and the health of that cartilage to be maintained. We we oftentimes see young, high quality of dressage horses which move like gumbies. They're incredibly elastic with unbelievably dynamic movement. But those horses are oftentimes the most prone at damaging the cartilage in the joints because they will hyperextend their joints or hyperflex their joints when they're being put into motion. And so it's those young horses that we really want to focus on uh, developing the, the art periarticular muscle strength so that those joints are held well. And uh, that can be done through kinesiostatic exercises such as hand movements, but it's also done through really proper dressage, which begins through engaging the entire top line, and then we can begin to focus on it. And as we move upward from those, from those joints within the legs, we then see an entire axial skeleton or a skeleton that starts at the, the first joint right behind the skull and ends at the last joint at the base, at the top of the tail head. Uh, and there's a tremendous number of joints which run within that skeleton. And those joints in the dressage horse are imperative to get the appropriate range of motion so that the muscles of the back and of the neck can engage up and the horse is allowed to bring its shoulders up correctly and engage the muscles of the hind end. If the dressage horse is asked to flex through the pole and through the neck, but the back is ventriflexed, and, uh, meaning it's, the spine is pushed downward towards its belly, then the joints of the hind limb are going to receive more impact on the front of the hind limb. The, the range of motion of the hind limb won't continue all the way through so that the horse is landing correctly, and then you'll have excessive jarring going up through those joints. You'll have bruising of that cartilage on a continuous basis. You'll get low-grade joint inflammation. You'll have poor production of joint fluid, and then you'll accelerate the, the deterioration of those joints and shorten the long-term career of the horse. Uh, as I tell most of my clients, the most difficult component of the horse's anatomy 
to achieve appropriate fitness in is the nervous system, the brain and the nerves. Uh, the easiest thing to condition is the heart. And what we want to do is we want, it takes us oftentimes 12, 13, 14, 15 years to get the brain and that nervous system functioning correctly so that when we apply a subtle half halt, the horse does an appropriate passage or pee off, but we want to have the horse's joints and limbs still functioning like they were four-year-olds at the time that their nervous system has developed and become fit enough to sustain that level of training. Glenda Geek here. You know, I get asked all the time by horse people, I want to build my own website. What service should I use? Well, there's only one service I recommend without hesitation, and that is Squarespace.com. If you're looking to build a website for your horse farm, training business, boarding stable, or personal rider page, or maybe even a blog, and you want to do it yourself and end up with a professional-looking website, then there's only one place to go, Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy with one of the simplest do-it-yourself interfaces available. You choose the theme you like, and then you just drag and drop the elements you want into that theme and start adding your pictures and content, and off you go. Plus, they give you 15 days to try it with no strings. They don't even ask for your credit card. If you sell things, they even have an e-commerce solution. Plus, your new website will integrate with Facebook and Twitter like a dream. I've been using this company for years and have recommended it to dozens of horse people. No matter what your skill level, Squarespace is for you. Give it a try for 15 days free by going to horseradionetwork.com and clicking on the Squarespace banner on the right side of the page. Horseradionetwork.com. Click on the Squarespace banner on the right side of the page. I well, hope everybody enjoys this evening's trainer tip from Marco Bernal, international dressage rider from Colombia. Well, it is my pleasure to um, introduce Marco Bernal from a team rider from Colombia, and he also just rode in the Nations Cup. And I'm so glad that, Marco, you were able to come on this evening to answer our listener question. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. So, Marco, to start our interview, Glenn's going to read the listener question for us so everybody knows um, the trainer tip of the week. Okay, Claire sent this one in, Marco, and she said, Loving the show, recent Philip. I wondered if you could share your favorite exercises for teaching horses how to start collection at the second or third level stage in training. Okay, I, I would say, um, obviously, according to the talent and the ability of the horse, but I would suggest, and that's the way I normally do, I start on the walk using some turn on the haunches to make sure the horse is free at the shoulders and he's going to be able to sit under and start to understand what is the idea. Uh, and the trot work, I normally go for the shoulder in, first the um, shoulder forward, then shoulder in, circle, and then once I have the horse in balance, I use the uh, transition trot walk and back to the trot. It really helps the horses to get the strength and to um, learn how to collect. Now, the canter, normally I start with the county canter, and uh, I use the county canter on the uh, green horses to help them to get the balance and start to work on the collection. Once the horses are, uh, let's say, a little bit more familiar with the idea, then you can use some 10-meter circles both directions, and then once the horse is uh, balanced and really comfortable doing that, you can use some 
kind of working period, big one, to start to collect the horses. And the combination of the three of them, the three different gates, it will uh, help the horse to understand what we want. Oh, I think those are those are great exercises, Marco. So can yeah. you take us back to the trot? So let's say I have a second level horse and he's pretty weak and I'm having trouble with, you know, just introducing shoulder in or shoulder four. What are some things that we can use to help that horse get the strength for those exercises? Okay. If we go one step back, we will use the circle, the 10 meter circle, and make sure the horse is really getting the flexion and the uh, balance to be able to maintain the flexion and the balance on the shoulder in. Another exercise and a combination that really helps me a lot is once I have the shoulder in, let's say, steady and consistent on the horses, I start to use the rounders. It's a very, very good exercise for the horses to understand how to go through the whole body and stay collected. Oh, that's a great one. And what about Travers? Do you use Travers at all kind of in this stage? Yes. I mean, it is in between. Actually, when you start with the shoulder in, circle Travers, then shoulder in, circle Rambert, all this combination gives the horse a great ability and flexibility to really move easier and, like I said, do it with a less amount of effort. Oh, I think that's great. And so, Marco, tell us uh, length of time. A lot of times our listeners say, okay, well, how long or or how many repetitions of these exercises should I do? What are some tips for gauging how much we should do? Okay, like I said, I have, and this is my own experience, I have some horses, they really give me a better feeling and sooner work in or start to work the collection on the canter. Some of them on the trot is not really one, one. Uh, specific uh, order. You know, some horses, they, I, I spend more time walking in the beginning and making sure he's, the horse is taking the legs and is reacting quicker from behind. And uh, then it's very difficult to say how long. It will depend. Every horse is different. Normally, I try to start walk, do the, the, the exercise on the walk. Then I go and try to do a trot. Some horses, they prefer, and I see a big, uh, let's say, uh, they, they get it sooner and quicker when I go from the walk to the canter uh, exercises, and then at the end I will do the trot. Once I have more impulsion and better uh, forward tendency, then I can uh, go back to the trot. But I would say, you know, in general, I don't spend more than uh, 15, 20 minutes doing those. I mean, counting the warming up and then the cool uh I mean, um, normally I don't uh, ask and work on this uh, type of exercise to that extent. That makes sense. And I think that's that's right, exactly what you have to work on is always making sure that you are listening to what your horse has to say, especially this is a, this is a hard time for horses as they have to learn a lot and, and carry a lot. So, Marco, you, you did a great job talking about the canter, um, and you talked about counter-canter um, for learning collection um, at second and third level. Uh, what are some counter-canter figures or exercises that you do? You, you can start with the simple one, which is the uh, um, regular, you know, coming out of the corner and take a, a big diagonal that the horse is really able to keep and maintain the balance, and then go the whole arena, then... You can go for some 20-meter uh, circles and count a canner, then the serpentine through loops, 
you know, and like I said, according the reaction and how quick the horses um, get it, then you can go for this exercise that I said. It's like you make a circle, almost uh, no flexion, you know, you keep uh, sure that the shoulders are coming first and then the horses will develop the capacity of carrying uh, itself and then uh, you can use a smaller circle, you know, that's, uh, like I said, depending how quick the horse and how strong the horse it is. Oh, and I love that. And, and, and you also talked about the working pirouette, which I think, um, I think a, a lot of people are nervous to start that, you know, at that level. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that's one of those exercises um, that takes a really long time for a horse to develop. Can you talk Correct. a little bit more sort of working pirouette kind of on that general topic? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mentioned the working period, and actually you don't go uh, straight to the working period. You try a few strides on the big circle, let's say, not the 20-meter circle, a 15- or 18-meter circle, you start to make some strides and check how long your horse is able to keep the uh, degree of collection that you are asking for, and then little by little you increase uh, every time more and more, and at some point you're going to be able to have like a big circle on a nice, let's say, position for a period, but you're not really asking for this, obviously, this degree of uh, um, collection, but it will develop every time the horse will recognize what you're asking for, and they will, uh, let's say, feel more comfortable doing it, and obviously they develop the strength and the coordination to keep it for longer, and and, and the more they they learn, then you can ask for a little bit more. But like I said, it's a very slow process. And I normally, the most important thing, like you said before, is to uh, be able to listen to the horse and recognize exactly the point when the horse is working too hard to be able to keep the horse happy and motivated to do it again and again. Well, I think that was that was super, Marco, and just just right on target. That was great. Um, I really appreciate you coming on this evening. Very good. I'm very happy, and and thank you for thinking about me and any time. And Marco, tell us if if we were to look you up online, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Uh, Marco Ronaldo Fast International. That's my website, and you can go in www.marcoronaldo thesideinternational.com, then you can have the information. Great. Well, we can't wait to have you on another time, Marco. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that trainer tip. And, and that is from an email uh, and a listener question. So please keep those coming. We love, love, love uh, those questions. And we like to get, uh, helps give our trainers some things to talk about. So thanks very much on that. Um, so Philip, good luck this weekend. Thank you. I'm going to need at least a little bit of luck, if not a lot. So uh, looking forward to it. Um, and next week we will not be on, I guess, Reese. It's time for the Para show to uh, to take over for a week. Yeah, so next week we will we will be off, and I have a horse show next week, so uh, I will tell everybody all about it. It's our local horse show here in, in Lexington. So we will be able to give some good news and some, some good scores uh, next time we're on the show for sure. So everyone, um, we look. Uh, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. 
You can find me at fellowparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Thinline Global Products and Audible.com. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows, just Wendy's Driving Show and all the other ones on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And we do talk about dressage on the Driving Radio Show, just saying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, Wendy's found do. a new passion. Oh, the only difference sure. is yeah. the reins are a little longer and the aids are a little different. That's all. And you're not on top. That's a, yeah, that's yeah, a see, big difference. Yeah, but that's what you have that big long whip for. Uh, you have okay. four horses in front of you, not just one. <laughs> four, I have enough trouble yeah. with one. Four I have enough is trouble too bending much. one horse. You know, when you really do horse. think about that, you know, when you ride dressage, when you got four horses that all have to be going in unison doing those movements, I mean, that's something. It's too much for me to think about. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and two, and by the way, that. two sets of reins in each hand. So. Oh my god. Yeah. No. Oh my god. No. <laughs> I'm starting well, as it is. <laughs> everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And Philip and I will be back in two weeks. Enjoy next week's para show. <laughs>